Time for From the Bench with Bench, special edition Bulldog Valley. A recap of last week's Highland game, Valley Conference recap, and a look ahead to this weekend's game. Welcome to a postseason edition of Bulldog Valley here on From the Bench with Dench. I'm Denny Rittenhouse alongside Rodney Knackstead. And uh, Rodney, always fun to get things rolling in the postseason and uh, especially with the victory. Yes, it is. Uh, defense looked a little shaky the first drive uh, for Mount Vernon. And then after that, they were lights out. Our offense was a little shaky. But once they got their playoff experience in there, their feet wet, it was all Highland. Yeah, a little bit of jitters to open up, I suppose, and, um, um, and a, a well-scripted opening set by Mount Vernon. They, they yes. marched down, and you thought, okay, we're, we're going to be in for a, a pretty tough battle. And they hung with uh, Highland for, for the most part of the game. I mean, it was still a one-score game heading into the fourth period before Highland opened it up a little bit. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, and you pointed out on the broadcast, you know, this is really the first postseason action for most of these players, uh, even though they were on the team last year. Right. Uh, actually, stepping foot on the field is a little bit different, and so um, they, they shake those uh, feelings off pretty quick and uh, uh, really gain control um, um, in the first half, uh, yes. even though they couldn't pull away. Um, uh, they, did, they did gain control. Um, but Mount Vernon came out with that opening drive, and I thought their their excellent running back Nesbit um, kind of set the was, was setting the tone for what to expect from him. But man, Highland just shut him down the rest of the game, and I, I was especially impressed because in that opening drive he got the corner twice. Yes, and uh, for for good gains. Uh, but I thought our ends. Um, um, they stayed home then after that. Yeah. They turned the play into where there was somebody to hit him. And uh, he had very few big gains yeah, after did. that first drive. Uh, uh, McCartney Crow and uh, uh, Judge, Nick Judge, were, were the two primary guys uh, playing in. Uh, um, I thought they did an excellent job the rest of the game, and uh, Mount Vernon really couldn't get their offense untracked after that opening drive. Well, uh, and Crow knocked down the one, uh, what would have been a screen pass or a little sharp pass out in the flat, and he bats yeah. that away. So, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, other times uh, they they just strung the play out or turned it in, and and the backside help was there all day long. Whether it was uh, Chase Packett or, or Ethan Greenwald or uh, uh, Balint um, coming up or Hunter Fry coming up from from their corners, and uh, just a well played game defensively by Highland again. Yes. Yeah, and and the last uh, I, I don't want to jinx them here. But the last three weeks, they've done well penalty-wise. They only had four penalties for 45 yards all game. You know, man, that's a vast improvement over 13 penalties in uh, 140 yards. So. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And they, they do seem to have turned a corner on that. And like you said... Yes, let's, definitely. Let's, let's not put the old broadcaster jinx on him. But a, a good game again from uh, Hunter Fry. Man, uh, he has really played his tail off the last half of this season, uh, really all season long. But but since I, I think teams just started keying in on Dylan Beadle because of his explosiveness. And uh, and Highland and, and Jimmy Warnick, he does this year in, year out. He, he will take what a defense gives him. He's not shy about an eight. I got other guys, you know. Uh, let, let's go with that. Uh, I think 
Wasn't that the first 200-yard uh, rushing game we had out of a single back this year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, we've had a lot of rushing yards, yeah, but it's always we, been we a really combination. Have, but, uh, yeah, Hunter Fry goes for, uh, what, 210 on uh, uh, 22 carries on on Saturday and an wow. average almost a first down each carry. And, uh, and it was really – like that, it wasn't like he had a, a massive amount of you know eighty yards came on one chunk. Right, he was just getting ten a carry. I mean, it's like let's let's move the chains and and uh, keep control, and that's that's what Highland was able to do. Uh, Beetle had fifty nine yards on six carries, but it, again um, um, they they kept the ball out of his hands. Um, you know, Mount Vernon kind of keyed a little bit more defensively. Uh, no receptions. In fact, um, uh, Blake Jelly. Uh, only threw the ball uh, a few times in that game, five for seven for 32 yards. And you think, oh, man, Highland struggles at quarterback. That's not the case at all. No. Uh, he was doing the, the run-pass option. In fact, had a, a good a chunk of yardage on the ground, 95 yards himself on, on 18 carries. And uh, he had a couple really nice runs that, that uh, he just tucked it and went. And, other than I, I'm in my mind going back over the game, I can really only think of two plays where he might have made the wrong decision, and that's easy to say sitting up in the booth, yeah, and not down there seeing what he's seeing. Um, I thought his decision making was just absolutely excellent again. Now he did throw a pick on Saturday, and that would uh, I attribute some of that to the the gusty winds that they had. Oh, that ball and, just held up there. And yeah, it up. did. He he had it in the air a long time, and that was with the strong wind at his back, um, and and it seemed to bat it down a little bit uh, when he got into the end zone and came up short. Uh, Mount Vernon picked it, but really his first pick since I think week three. I know. Because <laughs> uh, I know he went all through conference play, and then uh, uh, a week ago against Decatur didn't throw one. So so I think um, um, Metamora, uh, not Metamora, um, the other M down there by Charleston, uh, <laughs> Mattoon. Mattoon might have had one. If not, I know um, uh, Muhammad had, had a couple against him. So. Uh, again, uh, uh, a good steady performance from Blake Jelly, a uh, uh, super sophomore. And uh, then you, you look at the other side of the ball, and they'll welcome back Chase Packett. Um, he really the middle. Like, that middle. We, we started talking uh, about Nesbitt and turning the corner a couple times on that, that opening drive. They took that away from him, and Packett made sure up the middle wasn't there for him. And uh, yep. uh, he just clogs holes like uh, uh, you, you don't even notice it until you start thinking about what have they been able to do against us on the run. And, and, and yeah, you like, see where he lines up, and you realize, yeah, he's he just. And if they put two guys on him, then we've yeah. got somebody free to come in and make the hit. Yeah, yeah, so. and uh, uh, Zobrist and others were doing that on yes. the line, and then. You always got Ethan Greenwald uh, in the ready for for the the next layer, and uh, he he doesn't fail. <laughs> so so it's a a good stout defensive effort by by Highland and another pick six. Yes, uh, I think we've got four this year. A seven uh, seven uh, not seventy yarder. It was a gosh darn it. It was a long one. Yeah yeah. I think I think it was a uh, just under forty. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dalton, that was Balin. Dalton Balin uh, with his second uh, of the season. And uh, yes. those are uh, really exciting plays. And that one, 
sealed the deal, pushed Highland to a, a three-score lead late in the game. And he had to work for that pick six. He couldn't go just straight down the sideline. He had yeah. to cut that back in yeah. uh, to the inside, down into the middle of the field, and weave his way in. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a really nice play uh, by, by Dalton. Um, I think there was a little bit of pressure being applied to the quarterback. But um, uh, all around uh, good play and all around uh, uh, good defense, uh, especially after that opening drive. Man, they just shut down a, a potent Mount Vernon team that in the three previous weeks was averaging about 60 points a game Yeah, uh, on their, their three previous games and hold them the one touchdown. They had to kick off return as well. Uh, so they're really just two scores overall and a, a good round one victory for Highland. Um, at, at home, uh, a decent crowd. I, I think the weather kept a few people back, made our audience a little better. Yeah, uh, we so. did. Uh, <laughs> you know, I had some people texting me on the way home that they had listened to the game that I didn't know uh, even listened yeah. to us in Alhambra, uh, a good friend of mine, Ronald Mendrup, and so uh, he was one of them. And uh, we've got a we've got a pretty good uh, yeah group of people that listen to us that we don't even realize. Oh yeah, there's always people out there. That's, a cardinal rule I learned in uh, broadcasting school years ago is is just put your game face on no matter what because there will be at least one person out there listening. <laughs> and, and, and they're they're giving you their time, so you owe it to them for I, for I your agree. your best performance. And and so uh, um, we look forward. It's it's not work at this point in the season. Uh, when you get to the postseason, we're out there having fun uh, as well as the fans and the uh, players. And yes, so, yes. Uh, uh, good. Uh, so, so it sets us up for uh, another home game on week two. And uh, if things fall uh, in place correctly, I think we got a shot at three in a row. Um, but uh, first things first, we've got a, a traditional postseason um, power uh, in Metamora, the Redbirds of uh, Metamora, uh, a town just... Uh, Northeast of uh, Peoria, I think. It sounds uh, right. Yeah, I think I think it's a, I know it's the Peoria area. I think it's on the northeast side, but uh, Metamora, a consistent fixture in four A five A football uh, over the years, Rodney, and um, uh, this year no exception. They come in at eight and two uh, uh, down here and uh, uh, put together a pretty nice win last week uh, on the road, and so. Um, all right, at home, and Highland uh, gets them at home here Saturday afternoon. I think it's a 2 o'clock game. Two, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure it's 2 o'clock. Yeah, Metamora took care of a good Decatur-MacArthur team, 36-14 uh, to 14 last week, and uh, Decatur had been beating Springfield Sacred Heart, in fact, uh, just a couple weeks earlier, and so... We weren't sure which way that one was going to go, but Metamore and reading up on that game, um, uh, they said uh, it, it was a traditional Metamore-like game, and, and uh, uh, they play between the tackles, and um, they, they kind of dare you to stop them, and, and MacArthur couldn't. They rolled up well over 400 yards rushing uh, in that game, and that's uh, pretty much what you can expect. Their quarterback's a pretty good player, uh, keeps the ball a lot, and, and runs, and so... So Highland will have a challenge in front of them. Um, I feel better about it having uh, Chase Packett uh, back clogging that middle that uh, uh, maybe we can do some things. And what a gutty per performance by, by Chase on Saturday. He got up High slow a couple times. Are nothing to sneeze at then to come back from. Yes, and uh, as we stated in the broadcast, they, they moved him into the middle of the line to, to cut down on lateral movement, which just puts more 
well, more pain for him and more stress on that ankle. And uh, he did a good job there. Bolin has done a good job in uh, Packett's place there on the outside. And so uh, it's nice when you can interchange parts. Yeah. And still click. And, and Bolin filling in on the offensive side too. Yes, uh, yes, because Packett did not grow right. anything on the off on the offensive side. Yeah, and uh, and Highland got nearly through a 400 yards rushing themselves on, on Saturday, and so so it's a uh, and it's going to be one macho football game Saturday afternoon with with these two teams, and so so it's uh, an exciting matchup in my mind. Now we went up to Metamora just two or three years ago. And um, um, took it on the chin, and a, a can't remember if that was an opening round or a round two game. But, I think uh, that was a round two game. Yeah, and so so we uh, uh, have some payback to give them. And uh, Metamora in a, a tough conference, um, and and their only two losses were against teams that that had a pretty superb records. Let me see if I can pull that up here real quick. But um, uh, they were. Um, seven and two, like I said, and the thing with Metamora is uh, they have playoff confidence. It's a school that expects to get there every year, and uh, more times than not, they do. Their only two losses were to Washington, who's at nine and one right now, playing in six A, and um, Morton uh, handed them a loss. Now Morton was upset in in round one. And uh, they went out, and so... Well, we know both those schools. We played them both. Right. We lost to Martin in the playoffs, and we had the... the we split 1-1. One, one. What was weird about that is uh, we beat them up there, and they beat us down here as far as yeah. Washington. But, uh, yeah, they are a good ball team. And that was a, a team we beat uh, last year uh, rather yes. handily. Uh, and uh, Dunlop, another school out of that conference, was who we... Um, beat last year in, in round one, uh, and we beat them pretty handily in that game. Uh, but uh, uh, round two is in, upon us, and um, we got another opponent out of that conference. And we've had a few over the years, um, uh, like you said, with Morton and, and uh, Washington. We've played in the postseason going back a few more years. But uh, you're, you're referring to our regular in season, season right, series. Right. We, we had a, a home and away. Uh, Bartonville Limestone was another one that we played in. Uh, I think that was the Tanner Farmer team in, in round three um, up here uh, in, in Highland. And, and so uh, familiarity with that conference, it is the uh, Mid-Illini Conference with uh, Washington Morton, Metamora, Dunlop, Bartonville, like I said, and a couple other Peoria area schools. And so uh, it's a pretty thing, tough conference. Yeah, it, it is a very <laughs> tough conference. And um you know, it, it's something Jimmy wanted to, to do and up in his schedule was, was let's start playing some of these mid-state teams that that are running us out of the postseason every year. Let's get familiar with the things they do and uh, see what we can. Uh, football's a mimic game. It is. Uh, you know, it's a, let's see what who's who's succeeding and why is it they're succeeding and uh, why can't we do that? And uh, that's the... The phase uh, uh, Coach Warnicky and his Bulldogs are in right now, and uh, uh, they got a chance to capitalize on that. Um, uh, if not this year, let's say, you know, maybe next, but I think they got a chance this year. I look at this game as somewhat of a toss up. Uh, maybe Metamora um, uh, plays a, a slightly tougher schedule um, by virtue of being in that conference, uh, but, uh, you know, our conference nothing to season that. When you look at the upper bracket of this, Triad sitting there playing uh, Saturday as well. Yes. 
And uh, talk a little bit about that upper portion of the bracket, Rodney. There's, uh, you talk about playoff gold uh, in, in, in the IHSA history. That, you know, you got Triad up there who's uh, in their 25th uh, postseason appearance. Uh, not bad, the exact same number Highland has. Um, uh, Highland's had a little more success than Triad in the postseason, but, but uh, uh, Triad's there year in, year out, uh, especially since the Paul Basler era. Um, uh, started and and so uh, you got Triad, but uh, uh, the other three teams have combined for 24 state titles in their history. When you look at uh, Triad's opponent, Joliet Catholic, well, they're the most decorated team in the state of Illinois. Um, and then the the other game going on up there, Morris. Um, we're all f- too familiar with them as well. Your yes. Highland history, you. You're familiar with that from 1989. Uh, they haven't stopped going to the postseason. This is their 42nd uh, postseason appearance. They've got three titles to their name. And the other team there is Sacred Heart Griffin, um, right? Uh, yeah, and their six house. titles, uh, yes. right? And so, so uh, some some IHSA royalty still in our bracket. This is the upper portion of that, um, and uh, we'll be rooting for tri- Triad to pull an upset uh, up there. Wouldn't that be something if we? Uh, now I know you're not supposed to look that far ahead, but you and I kind <laughs> well, of discussed we're fans. That. We can do that. Yeah, we kind of discussed that that uh, we could meet Triad possibly to see who gets to go to the championship game. Yeah, yeah. It's, Wouldn't that it's, be exciting? The stars are aligned to to have that happen. Uh, of course, you got to take care of business on field, and exactly. And I think uh, Highland has a slightly more favorable road to do that than than Triad does, although. Um, um, nothing's a given, um, oh, including not this Saturday, <laughs> uh, especially when you take on a program like Metamora. Um, we talked about this on the broadcast, Rodney, but um, um, some, some schools just have that aura about them. I don't know if Metamora is quite in that same level as those other three in the upper bracket, but they're close. Uh, they're, they're certainly close. Um, so the, so that's, uh, this Saturday at, at 2 o'clock, uh, the weather's looking like it's going to line up and be a terrific football day, sunny in, uh, in the mid-60s uh, as we sit here on a Tuesday recording this. Uh, <laughs> who knows what, what it'll look like, and uh, uh, hopefully it won't be the, the 40 degrees outside that it is <laughs> right now um, on Saturday. I think we'll be a little warmer and could be just a picture-perfect day for us. Uh, some other games going on in um, uh, from, of interest from the uh, state series. And uh, what a game by by the Central Cougars on Saturday, Rodney. They hosted the Cahokia Comanches and in four A football down at Central Robert Astroff. Uh, field and and uh, the Cougars come up with a 19 to two win over the Cahokia Comanches, um, and that one that one's kind of frightened me a little bit. Being a, a Central alum and having that tough tough draw, Cahokia came in at five and four, but two of their victories were uh, defeats were forfeits. Uh, yes, as a and result one of, they were well ahead when the right. game ended for the forfeit. And the second one is a game they likely would have won anyway. So I I viewed that as a matchup of Two seven and two teams in the first round, and uh, that's not a, a, a something to uh, you know. You have a, a great season like Central did, and, and their only two losses were 
to Highland and to Roxana, uh, who have one loss between the two of them. And so uh, the Cougars uh, uh, survive it, uh, come away 19-2 winners, and now they take on a, a tough team out of the Apollo Conference in Mount Zion. Um, we played them in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, Central gets the home game. They had the higher seed, four versus five, and uh, they both had uh, home games a week ago. Mount Zion beating Effingham. Twenty-one to two. Ironically, both both victories. Uh, you don't see that too often. No, having, not uh, just a safety. Uh, a final score of a safety, but uh, that's what happened. Uh, almost identical scores, nineteen to two and twenty-one to two. So the Cougars will get Mount Zion at home again. Another tough, tough game. And if if they win that one, they'll have the right to play Rochester um, in round three. So. So uh, uh, not an easy street for Central, but boy, they're, they're certainly good and um, have played well since that week one uh, opening game. And, uh, you know, in Central's defense, uh, that was that miserable heat game where they, was hot. they were just within um, a smidgen of um, pushing that game back a day. Uh, they did play it, and uh, Central suffered some... Uh, so cramps. Um, uh, say they even the had extra half. water breaks that were called. Uh, yeah, there were uh, several timeouts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And, and to tell you how knowledgeable Highland fans are, not just about Highland football, but Central went after the game. Uh, you know, you went one way, I went the other because of how we were parked. And I was talking to some of the fans down there, and they were asking if I knew the score of Central's game, and they all said, "Boy, did they get a tough draw." That's like. Two seven and two teams yeah. going. So everybody here, uh, you know, they understood how tough a draw that was for Centralia in the first round. It wasn't really a five and four team, even though they were. Yeah, for for the Cougars and and um, I'm glad they get the home game against Mount Zion because I think they'll end up traveling up to Rochester as they both well, that's would a have tough had place to. to play in yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, so so we'll be uh, rooting for the Cougars on on Saturday. Uh, against Mount Zion. Um, elsewhere, uh, let's uh, do a do a quick look there. I think that's it from the uh, the 4A side. 3A, Roxana, uh, man, they just continue to roll. Um, 50 to 22 over Paris on on uh, Saturday, and they'll take on Saint Joseph Ogden, who um, was a a winner over Carlinville. Uh, 38 to 15, and that game will be at Roxana. Uh, so I think they named that field after Charlie, didn't they? I think it's, I uh, believe I think it's Charlie so. Rage Field over there. I believe so. And um, um, they'll take their 10 and 0 mark uh, in uh, at home on Saturday at 3 p.m. is the uh, time for that game. Um, elsewhere in the 3A bracket, the only other Southern school of interest, uh, uh, at least to me, well, uh, I'm sorry. Greenville um, uh, continues their fine season. They are 10 and 0 uh, by virtue of their 35 to 12 victory over Fairfield, and uh, uh, Greenville will take on Stanford Olympia, who comes in at, at 8 and 2, and was a winner over Litchfield, who uh, makes a rare playoff appearance. Uh, Stanford ekes it out 10, 20 to 17. And so uh, uh, the Comets will host Stanford on Saturday at 3 p.m. over there in Greenville. And then DuCoin, a, a former regular opponent of Highland, um, uh, going back a few years now, but uh, they also are undefeated, and they take their 10-0 record um, to Tolano Unity, um, 
who is a winner over Williamsville. DeCoin will um, play Tolano, who's 8-2, uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. It doesn't get any easier, does it? No, it definitely <laughs> won't as, it, as we go along here in the um, postseason. Um, and, and you look at 2A, and of course, modern day is, is down there. Uh, somewhere in 2A. Where are they at? Where are they at? Give me Modern Day. They play Johnston City. Uh, Modern Day at 7-3. Johnston City at 9-1. And, uh, and this will be a home game for Modern Day. So they'll be down there at, at 1 p.m. for a kickoff against Johnston City, who beat Auburn 16-8. Uh, Modern Day 40-22 winners over Carmi White County on, on Saturday. So good luck to the Knights. And um, as we uh, record this on Tuesday, there's a big volleyball game uh, being played down there in the, the sectional finals between Central and Modern Day over at, I think, Greenville College um, on Wednesday evening. So um, uh, what a matchup it, with there. I think Central's like 36-4, and four, Modern Day 30-6 and six or something like that. And Modern Day's been a powerhouse for... Well, forever, of course. Yeah. I mean, they had Fred Rockers and Central the same thing. They got their share of state titles now uh, in the bag as well. And so it's amazing how good these girls are in volleyball year after year after year. Yes. Uh, and it's not just those two. Uh, the other two schools in Clinton County, Westland and Carlisle, also had some things going in, in the postseason. So um, that'll be a, a dandy volleyball match. And uh, many people call it the state title. Um, and why not with those two this year? Uh, elsewhere, a Red Bud advances. They had a 7-0 overtime win over Chester in round one, and they will travel to Athens, Illinois, for uh, the 8-2 Athens team against Red Bud. The Musketeers also at 8-2. Um, I'm not sure where Athens is. I'd have to look that one up. Um, you know, I should know, but... It, it, honestly, it escapes me right now totally. Let's see if I can find it on the maps here real quick. And uh, Central Illinois, so up there above uh, Peoria is where it looks like. So good luck to the Musketeers. I think that's about it in 2A of interest. And then in 1A, uh, the Altoff Crusaders. Um, hoping to somewhat steamroll through the 1A competition. Uh, they beat a, uh, a decent Tol uh, Tuscola team um, on Saturday, rolling up 76 points in that one, uh, giving up 41. So Wow. Um, um, That's what people were talking in the booth that uh, Highlands game was going to be. Yeah, yeah, we and were anticipating that kind of shootout. Didn't, didn't turn out that way. Uh, the Crusaders will move on to play Leroy. Uh, a nine and one team. Uh, I think that's one that uh, Smarge is familiar with uh, a little bit. I don't know. We'll have to talk to him about that on, on Saturday. We'll see him out there. Uh, the Crusaders uh, hoping to, to advance to take on the winner of Camp Point Central. I think that's up along the Mississippi, uh, heading north. Uh, maybe by Harden. That could be a, a, a pretty close game um, for those two with a little travel. Harden Calhoun is their opponent. Um, so. Uh, and then uh, Sesser Valley, uh, Sesser Valley or Co-op is 10-0. We played Sesser back in uh, the day at Central, a uh, big coal mining town, if I um, remember correctly, down in uh, southern Illinois. 
so, so some things to keep an eye on in, in 1A. Uh, you look up at the upper classes, uh, Rodney and the familiar foe in 6A, not a foe of ours, but a familiar presence in 6A, the East St. Louis Flyers um, uh, steamrolled their opponent in Lamont. Uh, 61 to nothing was the, the score. I, how do you think some of these 6A schools feel? It's like, yeah, we make the postseason. Can't wait for the Saturday pairing show. And uh, you, you, you draw the name St. Louis Flyers <laughs> come up. And you're like, oh, boy. Yep. Oh, boy. And uh, the Flyers uh, rolled. They'll take on a, a much better team in round two in normal community west. They're 8-2. and two, But normal's a team that's uh, year in, year out, a pretty solid program. And um, um, that uh, 6A teams that are left, it, it won't be a, a 61 nothing steamroll for East St. Louis the rest of the way. I wouldn't think, although they're, they're certainly capable of it um, some years. Um, but uh, you look at Kankakee, who's been a uh, defending champ, and they're 10-0 this year. So uh, that could be a, a potential powerhouse uh, uh, game next week between East St. Louis and, and Kankakee. Washington also down there in that bracket and uh, a pretty good Chatham-Glenwood team out of that same conference um, as well. as uh, the same conference as uh, Sacred Heart Griffin. In 7A, how about those Collinsville Cahawks, Rodney? Getting their second ever postseason victory uh, for Collinsville. Not used to seeing them uh, in the football field. Now, of course, uh, the winning is uh, team, no, them and Centralia in basketball go neck and neck. I think it depends on how good they are each year uh, as far as the winningest uh, basketball program in the state. But uh, Collinsville tasting some football success the last couple of years and uh, uh, get a, a, a road win last week, beating an undefeated De Plains Main West team. They were 9-0 and heading into that game. And uh, they suffer the loss to Collinsville 20-15. to And so Collinsville gets a home game against New Lenox, uh, Lincoln Way West. Uh, New Lenox um, up there near Joliet, just to the east of Joliet. Um, and uh, that'll be Collinsville's opponent at home Saturday at 3 p.m. over in that one. That's really the only 7A team to, to speak of. And then the, in 8A, the Edwardsville Tigers um, with an impressive uh, opening Round victory, 35-14. Of course, Edwardsville team Highlands uh, very familiar with and um, uh, having played them here and there over the years, including uh, last season uh, where Highland took them to the wire. Uh, Highland played them tough uh, both of their games, um, but a lot tougher the second one. And, yeah. and, and Highland came out of the second one a lot healthier than the first one. The first yeah. one they got really beat up. And yeah, that's, uh, it affected them for a while. That's a, that's the risk you take on, on on taking on some of the the upper uh, the bigger schools that, that have enough kids that you don't you don't see too many of them go both ways. Although even at the seven A and eight A level, you do see a, a handful uh, that might do it, but uh, typically not eight or nine like you start seeing at the five A on down right class. And. Uh, Belleville East is the other school. How about the, the Lancers uh, rolling over Aurora East and Aurora team making their first playoff appearance in 42 years? Um, and uh, they probably wish they would have stayed home. They lose 70 to nothing to Belleville East Ooh, my. Um, in a, a round one game 
uh, over there at, at Lancers football field. Uh, they'll be on the road this time, uh, taking on Park Ridge, Maine South, uh, nine and one team. At East um, sitting at eight and two, and a pretty good resume, Rodney, when you consider their two losses were against the East St. Louis Flyers and the Edwardsville Tigers. Uh, so, so not a bad season. That's a uh, a wrap on uh, local area teams in uh, in the postseason. Still a lot alive and still a lot thriving. Uh, good luck to the Triad Knights, uh, especially as we talk about some of these other teams, right? And uh, uh, they've got a tough one in Joliet, but it's a Joliet team that has uh, proven to be somewhat human this year. They're seven and three heading into this game against Triad. Uh, so, so we. Uh, we know the Knights are pumped up. Uh, man, they, uh, a lot of uh, excitement and talk in the area about them um, after that upset win in round one. Yes, I agree. And I have a question for you, Danny. I had some people ask me this, and, and I didn't know the answer. Uh, in the playoffs, do they still go with a running clock if you go up 40? I, I do believe they do. Okay. Um, I, I, I do believe they do. I could not. I told them I cannot answer that. Honestly, I will... Yeah. I will ask my yeah. uh, broadcast partner if anybody would know it'd be him. Yeah, I do believe they do, but um, uh, well, we'll have that's to. That's hard to put up 70 yeah. points with a running clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They might have gotten the majority of them in the first half. Yeah, because they don't do it in the first half. They don't right. turn it on until until the second half. But, um, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and, and I could be wrong, too, right? I'm not going to well, say I know for sure. You would think they would still have it yeah. so you don't humiliate a team too bad, right. but uh, you know, you, you just don't know what they do when it gets yeah. to the playoff situation. Or I didn't. Yeah. Maybe we can find out if uh, Highland gets hot Saturday. Hey, that would be. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen against. I don't either. Warfare, but but uh, <laughs> you never know. You never know. So so we'll kick it off again Saturday at, at uh, two o'clock is the kickoff time. Uh, we'll be on uh, probably about one forty-five for. Um, the, the pregame, and um, as, as always, you can hear this show um, on the uh, BulldogRadioHighland.com uh, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday evening uh, at 7 o'clock. Uh, you can also hear on Monday evenings at 7 o'clock a, a replay of the, the previous week's football game. And uh, if you had a chance, I hope you enjoyed that um, on, on Monday night. And uh, you can always find uh, all this stuff out there on From the Bench with Dench podcast, wherever you get your streaming uh, services from, whether it's Amazon Music or Spotify or Apple Music or TuneIn Radio. We're out there in all of them. Find us wherever you want, uh, From the Bench with Dench. Uh, some good back episodes out there, too, to uh, uh, tickle your fancy if you'd like. So I uh, appreciate you listening, and uh, as always, appreciate all the, the feedback uh, Rodney and I get. Uh, about town and uh, hope you enjoyed the the broadcast also want to tease i think we're going to be doing this uh, bulldog valley with uh, darren altadonna throughout the the basketball season so so keep your ears open for that nice, and, uh, nice. Uh, we'll we'll um, uh, let you know more info as uh, that becomes uh, uh, starts to develop um, that might be news to Darren. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, so Darren, uh, uh, we'll work well, it out. Know, Darren. We'll work it out if you're if you're interested. And so, uh, anything. I just yes. want to add another touchdown pass for our hometown buddy Sam Laporta. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. What a fun night that was last night. Not just uh, the excellent performance by Sam. Eight catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. 
but uh, just listening to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman talk about him, uh, every time he touched the ball, man, Aikman just loves the guy. Uh, well, former quarterback, he knows how important the tight end is to a quarterback. That's usually your dump guy. Not always. As we know, they have plays set up for them, but a lot of times that's your checkoff valve. He's your safety. Yeah, and one thing I like to hear Aikman talk about, and um, um, uh, Greg Olson talked about this in an earlier broadcast this season, is is the technique that Sam uses on a lot, of, and especially in positioning as he runs a route. He, he understands uh, how to use his body and uh, uh, control that for positioning to make the target easier for his quarterback. And I, I think one thing Sam is, is um, benefiting from is having a solid quarterback. And he didn't see that for, for at least the last two years of college, maybe all four, although I think Stanley his first two years was a decent quarterback for Iowa. But uh, uh, without um, throwing guys' names out there now, his last two years were uh, simply some of the worst quarterback play in, in, in uh, college football. So, so And it's not much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, st- they're still struggling. Uh, he thought it was going to get better with McNamara, but uh, he he's, you know, got banged up a little bit, and so that still hasn't come um, back to, to good play. But And, and it, it also helps uh, – that him and Goff are, are on the same page, and uh, Goff trusts him to throw to him, and that's a big key too. Yeah. Your quarterback has to trust you. Yeah, yeah, and they and they, they just kind of shook off the drop Sam had. He had a drop late in the game. Um, the game was already somewhat in hand, although they missed a field goal that would have pushed it to to another score. But but. Um, uh, it was late in the game, too, so you never felt threatened or like, oh, no, how are they going to recover from uh, that? Well, so, and that was nothing compared to the pick six and the couple of fumbles they had to turn the ball over. Right. You know, on the pick six, they're, yeah. they're right down there ready to score themselves. But, um, um, Sam, part of that tremendous young class that, that uh, Detroit drafted, uh, Gibbs had an outstanding game yesterday. Uh, Branch on the defensive side and Jack Campbell, the other first-rounder on the defensive side, college teammate of Sam's, um, just um, um, working out to be one of the, the best draft classes in recent memory uh, by anybody. Uh, well, and a good thing, too, with Gibbs, uh, Montgomery was out, and that was a big factor coming into this game. What were they going to get? And, and Gibbs turned in a great performance. Yeah, it really was. But uh, um, thanks for bringing that up. I meant, meant to talk a little bit about Sam. Uh, there's some rumors um, that he's going to be poking around the area here during their bye week. Um, uh, so so be on the lookout for a Sam sighting, perhaps. And yeah. uh, uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, try, try to give him some space, but yet let him know <laughs> yeah. we're all rooting for him. Yeah, just kind of uh, walk by and say, hey, I think that's Sam LaPorta. <laughs> 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 I'm, not, I'm not suggesting let's hound Sam. Every time you, we see him out here, but uh, 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 no, it's uh, man, uh, the community is uh, just uh, head over heels, um, fi- in love watching the guy play, and, and so it's been a, a fun ride, and uh, it, it just keeps getting better. When especially seeing the Lions on, on national TV uh, almost every week now, they're moving is, their yeah, Sunday games to prime. Um, the, the late slot in the afternoon so they get more viewers and stuff and they're a fun team to watch they are uh, they've had one clunker all year one, and that's one it. of the more lovable coaches uh, in the league old school football guy kind of thing 
And he's brutally honest. That's what I like yeah. about him. Yeah. Campbell is just, he's, if you don't really want to know the truth, don't ask him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, he takes me back to uh, John Madden, who just says it like it is, only he's a little more... Uh, he reminds me more of a Bill Cower. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I go the there, too. And, yes. And so, so he's kind of, um, both from somewhat the same mold, though, just... Um, um, one with a little more they're, they're just cooth football. or whatever. <laughs> they're just football guys. Yes, you know, and uh, that's what it, that's what I like about Dan, and that, uh, and that seems to be a mutual affection. And anybody you hear talking about him, um, uh, really has uh, nary a bad word to say about about Dan Campbell. So good situation Sam has landed in up there, and uh, he's he's taking full advantage of it, and uh, uh, doesn't show any signs of slowing that down, and hopefully avoid the entry bug well and just the fact that you know as you get later in the season their bye week is coming up which it's a good time for them you know let some of these uh you know those guys are all out there playing now with aches and pains and that extra week really helps and you got to like it now rather than really early in the season or really late in the season where it can throw you off if you're getting ready yeah. to head in the playoffs yeah yeah um, and, and we are at the midpoint that's unbelievable isn't it how fast this football season well, we said going. that about the, yeah. the high school we season. did we did and uh, the same thing holds true at the other levels so well hey rodney thanks a lot uh hopefully we'll be well we'll definitely be doing another one next week but hopefully that's just in a prep for the following week's I game agree. And, uh, i agree we'll, I'll uh, be looking for a Bulldog victory on Saturday afternoon uh, on BulldogRadioHighland.com and uh, catch us uh, uh, on Bulldog Valley, as I said, on From the Bench with Dench. So for Rodney Knexit, I'm Denny Rittenhouse. Thanks for tuning in. This has been From the Bench with Dench, Bulldog Valley. Tune in again next week. Follow us anywhere you get your streaming services.